Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I mean, everyone saw how I did in the last mock draft. At some point, you're just like, like it's just—it's not interesting. It's not a challenge to me. Mm. It's a—it's a, it's a snooze fest. To be perfectly honest with you, like I like drafting in real leagues where there's a challenge here. That all of you guys just—you know whatever. Ah, well, you, and by the way, we're not even going to show the results of this upcoming mock draft. Well, yeah, we absolutely are. Listen, we're just I'm looking go at the same right to, now. Uh, it's a disaster. <laughs> it's <laughs> redemption for Jay and Lawrence. I have some work to do. I don't like my team so far in that league. The best skill position player. It's gone off the rails quickly. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That's right, it's Mock Draft Day. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher, Lawrence Jackson, and folks, the excuse train is already rolling in from Matthew Berry. <laughs> you know what? Your, your team sucks, wait, wait, till, wait till you see what I did here in this draft, and I'm going to tell you why. Because like a phoenix, I rose from the ashes. Rough start, I'm not going to lie, but then so I turned it around... Does. And what I did is I think people will be interested in this because I pretended I was one of you guys. I'm like, all right, if I just if I screw up my draft early, how do I compensate? How do I dig myself out of this hole? <laughs> and that's what I did. And you'll see. You'll see how I dug myself out of this hole. And I think this will be very useful for people at home that are watching or listening to us to understand what happens. And there's a, there you go. That's, that was my Sunday, by the way. Uh, is he, for the people that are listening, it's just a, it's a shot from my Instagram when it's boat day, but you're in the middle of a draft. Hashtag fantasy life. And so I was uh, I was on a boat, but everyone else was on the the water mat behind me. It's very. I apt. had to be near my phone so I could draft. It's very apt you were near water because you took an absolute bath in this draft. Stop. Really we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Jay off the top rope with the no, elbow. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> What I, will, I appreciate the wrestling <laughs> reference, Lawrence. What I will show you, though, is, 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 is that what I did is I followed one of my rules. There's seven habits of highly effective drafters, and that article's up now on NBCSports.com, RotorWool.com. Of course, I'm a company man. It's 100% free. Draft Day Manifesto 2023, the seven habits of highly effective drafters are up now, and I used one of my habits, and I will show you throughout the process of the show. And you guys, here's what's going to happen after I'm done. You guys are going to go like, oh. Okay. Wow. Matrix level. I haven't even thought about these chess pieces over here. <laughs> we got Australian checkers over here. I just... <laughs> Australian is checkers. that a game? It's, it's, yeah, it's marbles. Yeah. It's oh. marbles. You play with marbles. Yeah. Uh, we play with, with Tank place. Dell, who you're going to be relying on in your Tank Dell's going to be a thing this year. You guys make fun of Tank Dell. Tank Dell's going to be a thing. Mark my words. I want my words marked. Tank Dell's going to be a thing this year. We have a lot to get through through the draft. Yeah, Before we do, get the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code BERRY20 for 20% off at checkout. All right, Roto World Mock Draft 3.0. Or, or J5. J5. I'm sorry, J- Connor, J- 5. J- Connor 5. Connor 5, J10. 
are the other promo codes that will Lawrence work. Is, Lawrence is Lawrence one. Lawrence one, yeah. Number one, yes. baby. Yeah. That's right. J10, Connor5, or Barry20 at checkout for the NBC Sports Draft Guide, the Roto World Draft Guide. Roto World Mock Draft 3.0. Here's the format. We've changed okay. it every single time. We are back to a 12 team. Now we're going half PPR, but we're getting away from Superflex. That's what we did in 2.0. So 12 team, half PPR, one quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, one tight end, one flex spot, six bench spots. And as always, we shake up the draft order. Roto Pat kicked us off with the number one overall pick, followed by producer Pete, producer Damian, producer Steven. Barry, you picked at five. Uh, Lawrence, you were at six. Producer Chris at seven. Denny, me, Penn State Blake, Kyle Dvorak, and of course Jay with the last pick in this draft. I know what everyone's thinking. Like, how does this crappy show have four producers? <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, it's like, hey, well, like, people switch off. No, not all full time, just so you understand. They're not all full time producers. They, they pop in and out. I just, you know, they keep, they keep, they're all full time producers with NBC Sports. They're not full time on this show. That's they have correct. other duties. Yeah. And I think it's just NBC's attempt to just, like, well, maybe if maybe Pete can fix it, like you know, no, like no, it's still crappy. You know what? Maybe Chris get in there. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's a whole thing. It reminds me of the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver situation at the moment, where you got to just throw <laughs> a lot something. of darts. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of darts at the dartboard. You got Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Odell, mm. Devin Duvernay. One of them might hit. We'll get this guy off the street and yeah. see if it works. Yeah. And, you know, here Nelson we are. Aguilar. Now, one of the habits of my um, one of the habits that I suggest you do in my seven habits of highly effective drafters is make sure you understand the rules before you draft. I did not do that. <laughs> Your exact I, words were, another mock draft? We just finished one. Exactly. When you were like, on the clock. I, it's like, it's, I mean, like, I, I'm in 8 billion drafts. You know what I mean? Literally, like, I, just before we went on air, I had to make a pick in another draft. Like, I'm in so many drafts between mock drafts and, and actual leagues that I play in, and then I'm helping other people out. With their, so it's just a bunch. So I didn't realize <laughs> that we were a three-wide receiver league. That will play itself out here as, as we start so our running back. And that just takes us know. right to round one. I'm just letting you know. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm yeah. proud of the fact that I did not read the rules or open up the text from producer Damien as to what our rules were. I'm just like, I was like, another mock? I really have to do this effing thing? All right. So Take, here we go. Yeah. Takes us to round one. Justin Jefferson goes first off the board, followed by Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler for you, Barry, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley, A.J. Brown, and then Nick Chubb. To me, the most surprising thing in the first round, obviously, I was surprised to get Eckler at five, that three wide receivers went off the board. Now, I understand, of course, it is a three wide receiver league, so that does make somewhat sense, but I, I was, and it is a half-point PPR, which, le- I guess, lessens Eckler's value a little bit, but still, I don't know, just money in the bank. We think that offense takes a big step here. Austin Eckler, of course, a proud FantasyLife.com uh, investor <laughs> as well. I just want to be honest about that, but, you know, i got to support my investors. The minus 300 caches for that yeah. mention. I like it. Yep. Uh, we're about to see a story unfold, and the story is Matthew Barry, if he doesn't have the number one pick. It's like going from uh, Tom Ooh. Brady as your quarterback to Matt Castle, <laughs> which uh, wow. Randy Moss lived. Matt Castle, look, the, 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 whole, the, the, the vibes are different this week. This yeah. week, it was, you know, we 20 seconds into the show. I'm ashamed of you guys. You shit sure. at me. Because, yeah. hey, I'm actually kind of feeling how you was feeling last week, so I can't wait to get in there. I woke up ready to talk about this, my. Draft, All right, Matthew Barry. Yeah, well, should we talk about the first round? 
Yeah, Lawrence, you, okay. you get you take Travis Kelsey at six after Jefferson, McCaffrey, Chase Cup, and Eckler all come off the board. Obviously, the sixth spot in the first round, very popular spot for Kelsey. Yeah, you know, and it's just solidifying the floor, which is 80 catches, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns here. You know, so I, I, I get my tight end position early despite it being a, a, a three-receiver lead. What was kind of shocking to me was that Bijan went up as a RB3 when you have to start three wide receivers but again in a league with these uh pro drafters outside of uh producer pete and matthew berry um you gotta get your guys early yeah Bijan, absolutely my guy i think he finishes the season as rb1 otherwise there's no shot you take him that early in this situation and honestly i thought Diggs was going to be there at the one nine for me yeah. but but denny ends up taking Diggs. Uh, and, Jay, you close out this round with Nick Chubb, so you kind of fell into the same spot as me where the top wide receiver talent was gone. Yeah, more or less. And you'll see my next pick getting a wide receiver. But with Chubb, with half PPR, I think that really plays to Chubb and lessens the gap between him and Bijan, McCaffrey, Eckler, these guys who are more uh, reception-dependent for their value. So I think Nick Chubb, I mean, I wouldn't be taking him over McCaffrey, but I don't think the gap is that significant in half PPR. It certainly lessened in half PPR. I just like the fact that Lawrence is like taking shots at me. I picked Austin Eckler at five. You have an issue. With, I just want you to be on the record right now. You have an issue with Eckler at five. No, that's just one All right, pick. There you go. That's just one pick, right, though. Let's well, get in round two. Let's get in round get, two. Yeah. All right, so one for one in, in Lawrence's uh, Lawrence's eyes, brother. Lawrence was in a mock draft this weekend. What was it, or industry mock? You were in. What yes, happened? Yes, yes. Right. What, what, um, didn't Eckler so go in the seventh I, no, round I, or no, something no, like that? No, was, I was got it? Christian McCaffrey at six. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. But exactly. I got Brees Hall in the seventh round. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then somebody drafted Corey Davis. <laughs> so yeah, the retired yeah. Corey Davis. Yes, the no retired longer playing. That's what I would just say here. Is this like just because you put up a Twitter handle? Sorry, an X handle saying you're a fantasy football expert, which I do not. I know it. Neither do I. Um, and people are aware of that. They've watched me for years. But I just, <laughs> when you're in an industry mock and you're taking Corey Davis, it's just like, come on. People change their minds all the time. That's right, Matthew. Jay. Oh, Corey Davis comes back. Yeah, could be this exactly. year's Tom Brady. He unretires to become a non-relevant fantasy exactly. actor. Exactly. You want that upside? You just mentioned Tom Brady. I would like he's a bad argue. pick even if he was in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. Jay. Corey Davis would be a bad pick even in the NFL. Even if he's active in the NFL, That's true. and he's retired. But who I, would you draft right now, Corey Davis or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Brady. There's a, oh, yeah. there's a I, better yeah. chance Tom Brady yeah. plays football this year than Corey Davis. Better chance Tom Brady plays meaningful fantasy football than uh, or meaningful two fantasy managers. The meaningful fantasy football continued in round two. Jay, you had the back-to-back picks. You said you felt comfortable with your wide receiver options here. You take CeeDee Lamb, followed by Amon Ross St. Brown. So various ride or die, gone. Uh, Blake takes and care of Wilson. And by the Wilson. way, and you'd say this for Kyle Dvorak, who took him on Ross St. Brown at the 2-2. He had a good run at NBC Sports. We're going to wish him well <laughs> in the future. He had a really good run, did a lot of good work for us, and we, we can't wait to see where he lands next. Yeah, he's actually here today, so tough reason to find out why he's here today. Yeah, his exit interview. Yes. He's here to turn it in his badge. Garrett Wilson, Devontae Adams, Chris Olave, Tony Pollard, Jalen Waddell, Derek Henry, Jalen Hurts, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, and Josh Jacobs, who is back in the fold for the Raiders. So, Barry, back-to-back running backs in a three-wide receiver league. Yeah. You love to see it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, this uh, is not how this. I plan to start, but, but again, I think this is in two of an instructive, right? I mean, take what the draft gives you. No, I'm dead serious, though. Yeah. Hey, hang on for a second. Sure. Like, because I feel like I really was hoping Waddle would le- uh, would, would fall to me. Stupid Lawrence. Good job, Lawrence. Ah! Right? Um, right in front of him. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that the wide receivers that are available to me, available to me at that spot, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, 
Calvin Ridley. Like, I felt like that would have been a reach there at the 2-7, right? And so the fact of the matter is, is I didn't want to go quarterback that early. I didn't want to go Mark Andrews and a half-point PPR. So I felt like, again, you want to talk about half-point PPR helping Derrick Henry. There's an argument to me made Derrick Henry's a top-five running back in this format. Easy. Like, he could easily be a top-three running back. And so, I, you know, I just, again, take what the draft gives you. And so I felt like at that spot, I, didn't, I thought Higgins or Devontae Smith as my wide receiver one in the middle of round two would have been a little bit of a reach. So I just went with the best player available, which was Derrick Henry. I think I have two borderline top five running backs to start the league. Yep, that's fine. You went with my Sam Hinkie approach of take Embiid, uh, Julia nah, Walker for him. You're definitely well. two for two. I did the same thing with Derrick Henry in our mock draft last week. Yeah. Best player available. Didn't want to take the receivers or quarterback. Made the uh, right move here. I actually like uh, Steven, our producer, taking Jalen Hurts in the second round because, again, if you want your quarterback, this guy's not making it back to you. So I actually that that's uh, kind of my favorite pick. It is. You know, it's interesting where I, when you said again, what I thought you were going to say is, and again, if I suck up to Steven, <laughs> maybe I get on the show more. No, no, I don't even got to do that. That's, that's where I thought me, you were doing with me, that, Lawrence. Me, me, <laughs> that's where I thought me, you were saying. Me it's and like, I really like past that point. We like brothers now. Okay, got it. <laughs> One of our nine producers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, rotating yeah. in. Thank you, Steven. All right, that takes us to round three, and it kind of piggybacks off See, of Lawrence's But, I, but point. I think that's an important discussion point. Are you guys okay with Hurts in the, in the second round? I understand what you're saying about get the guy that you want, yeah. but in a 12-team, one-quarterback league, as much as I love Jalen Hurts, this feels early to me. I mean, I, I waited until round three because I knew I'd get one of the top four guys that I liked in round three. Yeah, I think right here. at that point, three wide receiver league, I would have taken T. Higgins or Devontae Smith in that spot. Right. Uh, and so you don't like the Derrick Henry pick either? No, I'm okay with Henry as the, I guess he and Jacobs are the two last elite running backs if you're not putting Jonathan Jacob, Taylor into and, that and, boat. And to be clear, the Josh Jacobs news yep, that, he had, that he had uh, reached a new contract agreement with the Raiders and would be back, back in camp, that had not broken at the time of this. Yeah. Of this draft, I think Josh Jacobs would have gone earlier than the two twelve had it done that. So I just want to be clear about the timing. Yeah, I probably would have taken Devonte Smith there. I think I'm just higher on him than most, but I think Henry is a fine pick. It's just, well, yeah, we'll get to the rest of your draft. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. Right now, you two for two. It, the two picks look great. It's a matter of how you make up for it. So when you get to yes. round three, the quarterbacks stare down, uh, finally lets down. So Pat takes Jonathan Taylor, followed by Mark Andrews, Travis Etienne Jr., Calvin Ridley, Josh Allen goes to Barry's team. Lawrence, you take Patrick Mahomes. Then followed by Jameer Gibbs, Keenan Allen. I take Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, DK Metcalf, and Andre Stevenson. So, guys, after Jalen Hurts goes off the board a little early in round two, we have three star quarterbacks come off the board in round three. Yeah, and, and for me, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, Lawrence, you can talk about why you took Mahomes there. But, like, for me, I just realized as I started seeing the, the wide receivers, right, and, you know, I'm looking at, you know, here now in round three, like Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, you know, DK Metcalf goes later in this round. I thought to myself, this is, where I, this is where my galaxy brain started to expand. I basically said, look, I'm clearly going to be weak at wide receiver. Bar none. I know that. So my goal now is I need to crush every other position. I'm now bailing on. I'm now doing zero wide, zero <laughs> wide receiver <laughs> in a three wide receiver league. Oh, yeah. Not exactly ideal. But my point is, is like, okay, like, as a, again, I just think this is important. When you find yourself at the end of runs or you find yourself in a, in a draft and you're getting stuck, don't chase Seriously, don't chase. Like, I'm just like, okay, you know what? I can either just keep chasing lower wide receivers and then I'm weak across the board, or I can just say, you know what? I'm clearly going to have the weakest wide receiver group of this league, and I'm going, to, I'm going to put myself in position to fix that by the end of this draft. 
uh, and it'll be something I work on throughout the season, but I need to make sure I crush every other position. And so that's why in round three I go with Josh Allen, who to me is the best available quarterback once Hurts is off the board. He's my number two quarterback. Yep, I think that's fair. And just in a nutshell, it's tough to hit submit on Keenan Allen or DK Metcalf over Josh Allen or right. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. And so I now see I have the opportunity to get Patrick Mahomes as the QB3 in his draft. So because I've already taken Travis Kelsey, I'm doubling up, going with the stat instead of taking – and I like Keenan Allen this year. Chargers, Justin Herbert probably throw nearly 700 times. But, you know, when I got the chance to get – 300 of them going to Aston Eckler, obviously. <laughs> Probably, yeah. probably two hundred. Um, but yeah, uh, no, why, why not get the uh, the best yep. stack in fantasy football? I followed the same strategy as you guys in this round. I just went for points rather than position with Lamar Jackson. I mean, we yeah. all believe Lamar Jackson has a range of outcomes that includes being the top quarterback at his position. If you don't take him there, you're starting to get into a different tier of quarterback. And so, uh, by the way, and I'll, I'll just say, like, so again, so Jonathan Taylor goes 3-1. I think that's interesting. I think that's, again, given the current situation, I think that's about right. Into the, mm-hmm. you know, I'd actually been more comfortable with him at the end of the yeah, third round, but I think he's it. a third-round pick. I think he's a third-round pick until we know we have a better sense of where Jonathan Taylor goes. So he goes to Rotopad at the top of round three. I thought this was interesting as we just sort of look at the running backs that go in the, after Jonathan Taylor. Damien, producer Damien takes Travis Etienne at 3-3. Three, three. Producer Chris takes Jameer Gibbs at 3-7. And then Joe Mixon goes to Penn State Blake at 3-10. I think that's a great uh, draft pick by Blake. Mixon going that like no one – I don't understand why so many people are down on – I get the efficiency numbers. But, like, there is no one else there. He is going to get a massive workload on one of the best – offenses in football and I think the luck I think the touchdown regression happens in a positive way I know he was you know he had the one big game and then just didn't score a lot but I get it he's it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be like 3.3 yards per carry but he's going to get 20 touches on a team that's going to score a ton of touchdowns yeah and I would say the same thing in a way about Ramondre Stevenson who I got at the end of the third round effectively a fourth round pick there I think with the Zeke stuff it might have gone a little bit too far with pouring cold water on Ramondre. Ramondre is still going to be the feature back there. He's still going to get the bulk of the receiving work. They still don't have a high-octane oct- passing game. I think Ramondre should still be a mid-third-round pick. I mean, I mean, remember, last year, Damian Harris had what the Ezekiel Elliott role is going to be. Yep. And, and yeah. yes, Harris missed a little bit of time, but uh, and Zeke doesn't really miss time, and that's one of the things he's so durable, and maybe because he's Ezekiel Elliott, he gets a little bit more run than Damian Harris, but Ramondre Stevenson was a top-seven fantasy running back last yep. year. Like, again, and so he's going... I, I'm with you. I think the you and I are on the same page with Ramondre Stevenson, Jay, in terms of buying the dip. The other thing that I think is interesting here is Jameer Gibbs. That strikes me as a little high for Jameer Gibbs, especially in a half-point PPR. That's yeah. the key. Yeah, That's yeah. The key. I, I'm coming around to, like, I love Jameer Gibbs. Love Jameer Gibbs. But I actually think D- David Montgomery is the better value this year. David Montgomery at cost over Jameer Gibbs. Like, He's going to be. Point, I don't think yeah. people realize how much David Montgomery is going to be used this year for the Lions. Yep, I'd rather have Mixon or Stevenson or yeah. Gibbs. It goes back to the rules, of the league. It's half PPR, and yeah. that's going to have a monster impact on somebody like Gibbs. So that takes us to round four here, uh, Jay. I know you kicked this off with Joe Burrow, and we'll get there in a second. But Barry, this is where you start to make your chase at wide receiver as you take your first wide receiver in round four with scary Terry McLaurin. Yeah, only the best wide receiver in the actual NFL. <laughs> he's one. Of, he's no. He's one of them. Like again, honestly, I mean, he's listen, it's, the, it's the toe. I mean, I honestly think he should have gone a little bit higher than this. I think the toe injury uh, has dropped his price a little bit. Um, and so, look, he's 
the number one wide receiver on what I think will be a better than average offense. And you do have to play three of them, uh, three wide receivers. I mean, you know, I probably, honestly, I was hoping to get him back around just sort of looking at ADP. The truth of the matter is, is you sit here and you see what happened in round four. Pat Doherty at 412 getting yeah. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the pick I should have made. Great I pick. wish I had, you know, I, I I thought maybe Lockett would last one more round. Uh, I back did to too. me. You know? I did, t- like, e- e- he's almost in the fifth round, which is almost two rounds after DK, and we all love Tyler Lockett when it comes to value over uh, DK at that point. But, yeah, I didn't think he would uh, go in this round either. I, th- I thought, like, late fifth for but, uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but it's interesting just some of the, you know, some of the seeing, like, Debo Samuel here in this, ra- uh, this range. Connor, you took Amari Cooper. Uh, Denny took DeAndre Hopkins. I like that value. I'm I'm in on Hopkins this year. Yeah. Producer Chris, Mike Williams, I like that as well. So, um, you know, this was this is where people are starting to go more wide receiver heavy. The other thing that I thought was interesting here was was producer Pete taking Christian Watson at the four eleven. That strike me as high. It's a big upside play. It's You're, a big, he could be great. There is also a, a not a floor there that exists with everybody else in this round, right? Like we like Amari Cooper's floor. We like DeAndre Hopkins floor. Terry McLaurin with Watson. Uh, Jordan Love has looked good this summer, yeah. but there's been plenty of times where preseason play doesn't always carry over to the regular season. So it's just more risk there is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and in this round, I took Joe Burrow, who I think is maybe being a little bit slept on where everyone's talking about the top tier of Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen in whatever order you want, and then there's a drop to Burrow. Last year, top four quarterbacks were Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Burrow was fourth, and then there was a massive drop-off to Geno Smith at five, and on a per-game basis, Lamar and Justin Fields were right there behind Burrow, but I just think Burrow, uh, with, in that offense, and yes, there is the calf, but I still think that he'll be able to produce at a, a top-four level this but year. But you've been like, you've been so Mr. Justin Herbert this all offseason. And he was sitting there for you. Yeah, I still just think that Burrow has... I have more trust in that infrastructure. With Herbert, we're projecting a lot forward that we haven't seen. New offensive coordinator. Also, Herbert, just injury-prone wide receivers as well with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. We don't know what Quinton Johnson is yet. I know what Jamar Chase is. I know what T. Higgins is. I know what Joe Burrow is going to do. Let's take a a look here Hawkinson also goes in round four, which I I don't mind that as all. I I think Hawkinson's going to have a big year. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Let's take a look at round five then where Herbert did come off the board just a couple picks in this round to Damian at the 5-3 there. But guys, the pick that jumps out to me is Pete taking Damian Pierce at the top of round five. I think in a half PPR league, that's a phenomenal pick. And I agree. Pierce will be a volume play for the Texans and a red zone play. I'll be honest with you. I actually love the first four picks of this round. Uh, I mean, mine as well. I'm the fifth pick in this round. Honestly, when you think about it. Honestly, this is a really strong round. As I'm looking through the entire oh, round, this is actually a really, really strong round. So it starts with Deontay Johnson. Rotopat gets him. Absolutely love that pick. We think that Steelers offense takes a step forward, obviously, in terms of positive regression. There's no more positive regression candidate for touchdowns than Deontay Johnson. You mentioned Damian Pierce with Pete. Completely agree there. I like Damian, producer Damian, getting Justin Herbert, we just talked about. I think he has a chance to be an elite fantasy quarterback. He was quarterback two, two years ago, uh, so getting him in the fifth here. Brandon Ayuk is somebody that made the love list as well. We talked about there's a chance he's the number one wide receiver on that Niners offense. And then I go with Darren Waller again. Trying to dominate like every position. You guys know how high I am on yes. Darren Waller. Yeah. So getting him at the tight end position. Lawrence, then you take Cam Akers, who I think, again, is kind of a sneaky 20 carries a game. Yeah, and I, I actually like uh, Jay's pick here at the end of the fifth round. Najee Harris, that's that's an RB2 right there. Their last preseason game, Jalen Warren, he didn't run with that first team when the Steelers offense was running all yeah. over the uh, Falcons' third teamers. Like it, they ran through them like water, right? But Najee Harris, he got work in the running game, scored him a nice little touchdown, some work in the pass game. So I like that pick, right? It there, is interesting Jay. though, but Fields and Lawrence also go in this round, round five, and sort of that's sort of the tier to me in terms back to of back. back. They go back to back, and that's that's sort of the tier to me in terms of like okay, all the all the quarterbacks you feel really good about are now gone. 12-team league, eight of them are off the board. Like, the next one is Deshaun Watson. And, you know, we've talked about this. Like, wide range of outcomes for Deshaun Watson this year, uh, fantasy-wise. You took Brees Hall at uh, at the 5-9. Always good to see when the Jets guy takes the Jets running back. Yeah, it's a good sign for Brees Hall, I would say. Uh, yes, it so. is. <laughs> I mean, listen, with this, it's half PPR. Brees is going to be ready to start the season, but you're really looking to lean on him in October. So if you feel like your roster at this point can survive the month of September, which I did, I think Brees at the end of round five and half PPR is actually right where he should go. Yep. Najee Harris effectively taking him as a sixth-round pick. Like, the dip on Najee Harris is way too much. Najee Harris had yeah. A, yeah. a pretty mediocre year last year, and he's still RB12. And I get the concerns about Jalen Warren, but Najee Harris is still going to be... He's in place to be the lead back on an improving offense yes. on a team that... Yeah. Kenny Pickett's not going to throw the ball 40 times yeah, again. They're no. still going to run the ball a fair bit. So I think Najee Harris, I think he should be a, a late third-round pick. I, I will tell you that of all the picks of yours that I hated, <laughs> this is one that I hate less okay. than yeah. the other picks. <laughs> that so makes I will, sense. I will grant you that. That's fair. I will grant you that. Yeah, no, getting him at 512 is ridiculous. Yep. All right, let's look at round six. And, Jay, I think Barry will actually like another pick of yours as you kicked off this round with Hollywood Brown. We know the kind of volume and target share he should own in Arizona's offense. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this is a very unexciting pick in a way, kind of shades of Brandon Cooks last year on Houston taking him, but Marquise Brown is still an excellent wide receiver who's going to get all the usage in the world, and yes, it's not going to be a high-octane offense. It's also going to be an offense that is losing all the time and is going to have to throw the ball, so I think Marquise Brown is, is one of the most underrated players in fantasy this year. All right, let's keep moving here. Lawrence, you take Michael Pittman Jr. We've seen some good out of Anthony Richardson as the summer has progressed, and Pittman Jr., obviously the number one target in that offense. Yeah, Anthony Anthony Richardson was looking for uh, Michael Pittman early and often in their time against the Eagles, and it's also 
you should also know too that you're gonna need a little bit more from Alec Pierce and Josh Downs, the rookie. They they dropped a couple. Yeah. Uh, so if that continues, you can only expect Anthony Richardson to lean on their top receiver in Pittman even more. But I like the the pick before that, George Pickens. I was gonna pick George Pickens yep. right there. So. I, I think both is solid picks. Can I just say on Michael Pittman quickly? He's had 270 targets the past two yes. years. Like people forget Michael Pittman, even if that offense, the passing game might be a little bit suspect. Like he's the guy there, clearly. And he's the hate has work. gone too far on Michael Pittman. Yes. I 100% agree. And I agree with you, Connor. I do like Hollywood Brown as a pick. Like, again, if you look at his numbers without DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup, just a massive target share. Like, a basically 30% target share. And so I think bringing in Josh Dobbs, like, Josh Tom's able to get the ball to Marquise Brown. Like, yeah, assuming yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. quarterback. Whoever it is, whether it's him or Colt McCoy, until Kyler Murray comes back, they'll be able to get the ball to – not always going to be super accurate, but, again, he's somebody that can catch the ball at the line of scrimmage. They can create uh, opportunities for him to get yards after the catch. So, yeah, top of round six, I really like him. And I think Denny followed the same blueprint, but in their backfield instead, where James yeah. Conner, something you've preached for a while here, Barry, is, listen, you don't have to love Arizona's offense, but you know James Conner is going to get the football. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I think if you look at sort of the running backs that are going in round six, it speaks to how this is a really good year to wait on quarterbacks. You, you got Cam Akers late in the fifth yeah. there, Lawrence, and now you're getting to the sixth, right? And you've got James Conner, you've got Ken Walker. Both Cook brothers, both Dalvin and James, go in this, uh, this round, as does Isaiah Pacheco and J.K. Dobbins. Still not crazy about Dobbins. But the fact of the matter is, it's like we think James Cooks has, has a breakout. A little nervous about Damian Harris's usage. If you saw it in the preseason game, Damian Harris, when they got to the red zone, Damian mm-hmm. Harris came in. He's the one that also cashed in the touchdown. So there may be a little less touchdown equity for James Cook in that Bills offense. But still, uh, ultimately, we think James Cook you know, is a very viable you know, RB2 this year. Same with Dalvin. We expect that to be a two-headed monster with the Jets. Pacheco, we expect more passing game usage. So this is a really good – again, it just sort of shows the quality of running back can get in round six these years. Uh, this, this year, especially in a three-wide receiver league, which makes sense why I went running back, running back. To <laughs> Get the quarterback, injured wide receiver round four. Yeah. <laughs> Let's jump, in, yep. Let's jump into round seven, and you're going to see in this round a lot of people trying to fill out the back end of their wide receiver depth chart here. Barry, you do that by taking Gabe Davis pretty early in this round. Yeah, look, I mean, this is somebody who led all uh, wide receivers and averaged up the target last year. Almost, 40, almost 50% of his targets came on deep passes last year. They didn't really add anyone to that wide receiver room. I know they've got Dalton Kincaid, who in essence is a, is a pass-catching tight end, but ultimately we've talked about Gabe Davis a lot. In a last year where everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, and yet he still finished as like you know, as a mid-30 wide receiver. I think wide receiver 32 off the top of my head, maybe 35, something like that. And uh, he was playing on a high ankle sprain the whole time. Yep. Another year, he's still a very young player. It's still a very good explosive offense. He's still got one of the best quarterbacks in football. So I am I am now in the range of I'm swinging for the fences on, as you'll see, basically my, my as, I, as I find myself here, it's like, okay, I clearly don't have, I'm not going to have like a superstar wide receiver. So I'm just going to take a lot of dart throws of guys that could emerge to be awesome. And Gabe Davis is one of them. And you'll see like towards the end of my draft, I 
draft a lot of those sort of guys. Yep. Um, and so Gabe Davis is one of them, I think, a pretty good dart throw. Yep. Connor, you took Jackson Smith and Jigba, staying on brand, taking Jets and rookies. Yep. Uh, not too yeah. concerned about the, and uh, injured, the injury. Injured, injured <laughs> Jets, injured rookies. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's a brand. He doesn't like healthy players. <laughs> and something we talked about, whenever somebody sees that little red flag next to a player, the overcorrection begins. Jackson Smith yep. and Jigba was yep. being drafted too high in redrafts before he got hurt. Yep. Now, since he might miss week one, maybe week two, mm-hmm. he's going to be drafted too low. Because they drafted yeah. him in the first round so they can run more 11 personnel, use him in the slot. You always say this, Jay. Geno Smith is severely underrated in fantasy last year, QB5. Yep. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now I'm comfortable with him at the end of round seven where if you had to take him in round five, yep. maybe right. a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago, yeah. nobody should like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, I, there are a couple other players like uh, Jordan Att. Jerry Judy, who goes at the top of this round, is also someone that would qualify there. I'm a little bit more nervous about Judy. Uh, That injury seems more serious to me than JSN. Again, we don't know what this Broncos offense is going to be and what Wilson's going to look like. Judy has struggled with touchdown production throughout his career. But I do think Jordan Addison at 7-2 for producer Pete. I really like that pick. Producer Steven took Jahan Dotson, you know, um, which I probably wasn't going to do because I already had McLaurin, but I love the pick there. And I do think this is interesting uh, at 7-10. Uh, Penn State Blake taking Dallas Goddard. Yeah, that's a – to me, Goddard is the last sort of – Yes. We see Pitts. We see Goddard. We see Evan Ingram. I'm surprised you went with Evan Ingram because I feel like after Goddard, it feels like there's kind of a – you could wait a little bit while. I don't could think, wait a little while on tight end. I think Ingram – I think he's probably a tier above the guys who are going to go after him uh, in terms of tight ends just because he's in such a, a high-octane passing offense. I think Trevor Lawrence will take another step forward. I think that team is going to dominate its division. I think there'll be plenty of touchdowns for Ingram. And just the, the fact that he had a career year last year with Lawrence and there is that connection, I think that he can, he can outperform his ADP. And I think the league agreed with you, Jay, because as we look at round eight, I don't believe there was a tight end taken in this round. So that a drop-off after Ingram was significant, and you're seeing a lot of people start to look for depth in their backfield, some upside, and at wide receiver, Lawrence, I think you did exactly that by taking Odell Beckham Jr., who now plays in a Todd Munkin offense with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, again, at least to start this season, Odell should be their first option as a wide receiver. Obviously, still right now, the first option is Mark Andrews, but him and Lamar Jackson uh, building that rapport. I like the Rashad White here. I think you get great value there for a team's clear-cut number one. In the eighth round, Denny, Mr. Zero, zero running back, takes him here in the eighth round. And if you watched the Bucks the other day in their final preseason game, he was clearly, that's clearly the guy they're going to get the ball to, obviously on the ground and through the air as well. Jay, you kicked this round off with Cortland Sutton. Kind of underappreciated, it felt like, in this format. Round eight for Cortland Sutton in an offense that... The ball should be coming his way. He should dominate plenty of targets in this offense. Yeah, Colton Sutton was getting a ton of hype this time last year, being spoke of in the same breath as Jerry Judy. And then he was in the Nathaniel Hackett regime where just everything burned, and now I think it's gone a little bit too far. Like, he still had 109 targets last year, missing two games. In his past, he has a season with 72 receptions, 1,112 yards, and I think that he's going to be one of the big beneficiaries of Sean Payton and the Russessance uh, as Wilson bounces back. <laughs> Uh, and I think, particularly with the Jerry Judy injury, uh, I think Cortland Sutton. Uh, I actually do like Cortland Sutton time. I do actually like Cortland Sutton. It's interesting. You see this round. This is where you start getting into the question mark round, right? This is the round eight. Feels like so again. DeAndre Swift, 
Not sure of the role, right? Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara missing three games. Uh, you took him, right? Rashad White. We like Rashad White, right? Yeah. But all of a sudden, Sean Tucker, my guy, Sh- Sean Tucker from Syracuse, getting a lot of reps. Could yeah. be, could yeah. be more of a committee there. Sean Tucker, yes. like Sean Tucker, only dropped because of the the medical condition, right? That kid can play. He was great for Syracuse, and if he didn't get hurt and miss really most of the draft process, he probably goes in round three of the draft. That's to be what honest I'm saying. With you. My one concern with the Bucks, besides that, which is very yeah. real. Now you see the Ryan Jensen news. Unfortunately, he yep. might not mm. play in the NFL again. That line could be one of the worst in football. And I love Tristan Wirfs, but outside of that, you look at the Bucks. they want to run the ball a lot. It's hard to run the ball a lot when you have no good offensive lineman besides Wirfs. Yeah, that is, that is uh, that's, thank you for dropping that football knowledge right there. It's very true. Hard to run the ball yeah. if you don't have a good offensive line. No, but you're absolutely right, which is, by the way, but both, both Rashad White and Sean Tucker are both kind of interesting both, both can catch the ball out of the backfield. And so I do think that uh, Rashad White may be less so in a half-point PPR. But I like Rashad White this year. He, he made the love list as well because I yeah. do think volume gets him there. And I think they'll a lot of dump-offs to Rashad White. I think Sean Tucker for deeper leagues is an interesting name here. But, again, you started getting to the, sort of the question marks. You took OBJ. Lawrence, again, could be amazing. Yeah, could yeah, be, yeah. Uh, you know, the yeah. fourth guy on that offense. We just we don't right. know. We don't know with Beckham. Uh, Traylon Burks goes to producer Pete at the end of this round. Like, again, we don't know about the injury there. I do think uh, Pat getting Tua here at the end of round eight is really is really a smart uh, pick. All right, let's take a look at the total drafted by position. So in this draft, we had 18 quarterbacks drafted. Yes, it's only a one QB league, but we had 18 go, 57 running backs, 72 wide receivers, and 21 tight ends. So no surprise, the amount of wide receivers taken is a three-wide receiver league, which takes us to a very interesting conversation here, Barry. The latest drafted starters, and we have to start at the top. The last QB1 drafted was by producer Pete, taken with the 10th pick of the 14th round. It's brutal. He wasn't very happy with us, but no. the 17 well. quarterbacks had already come off the board. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I mean, producer Pete shouldn't have... Um, Shouldn't have mocked everyone for taking their quarterback. That's what play. happens. And now, I mean, play. like, you know, whatever. QB19 is leading Team Pete into the charge there. Um, Pete's got some strange opinions. He keeps on knocking on my office door telling me how Baker Mayfield's going to have a big year. He's a big <laughs> yeah, player yeah, in the yeah, Baker Mayfield comeback. Yeah, and would you like to trade for him? Yeah. Why yeah. he in draft, too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he may have to. Um, uh, so it'd be interesting to see what producer Pete's team looks like. But can we put that... Um, Put that full screen back up in terms of the latest of each position's drafted. You were the last one to take a wide receiver one. I went zero <laughs> yeah. wide receiver in a three <laughs> yeah. wide receiver league. It's a uh, new thing. But I, I do, and, and Steven went zero RB basically. He took he took Dalvin Cook at the 6-9 spot. That was the last uh, last uh, person, it was last running, he was the last guy to take a running back. I can't speak English. Uh, and then, but I do think this is interesting too. Kyle gets Gerald Everett as tight end one at 13-11. I really prefer Gerald Everett as like my tight end two. two. You know that's a it's a little tough to lean on him, but I do think he is uh, he is one of my favorite like later round tight ends this year. The one thing that did surprise me with that is I got Tyler Higby three picks after that, I believe. So it's I, we talked about how much we really like we Higby. really like Higby as well. Don't care about yeah. Tight end. I, I mean I have Higby ranked significantly higher, so who knows what he gonna have his three good got. games this year where he just go off. So who if, Gerald Everett? No 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 uh, Tyler, Tyler Higby. Higby. Tyler Higby is going to be the number two pass catcher on a team that's going to be throwing right. a decent amount because they're right. not good. We're taking our first He's break. He's going to be a borderline top ten tight end, Lawrence. When we're back, it's team breakdowns. We'll look at all our rosters. 
Roto-World Draft Week is officially here. All week long, we've got drafts, articles, and more from all your favorite Roto-World talent and special guests. Get all you need to dominate your upcoming fantasy drafts. Go to NBCSports.com fantasy to see the schedule of all that is happening this week. Roto-World Draft Week, baby. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And we're in the middle of a draft. Well, we just finished one. We're probably, the, we're probably starting another one now. Just yes. As soon as we walk off set, right off, we right draft four point now. Constantly draft. We'll kick off. True detective. Yeah. Flat circle. Flat draft. Draft is a flat circle. Barry, let's jump into your roster. Yeah. Uh, there's been ahead. a lot of conversation around this team. Yeah. Some are <laughs> saying. Some people are saying the best team ever drafted. Uh, Some are saying yep. the second best team ever drafted next to the one I drafted last. So all right, look. So again. The idea is, is I knew I would, when Eckler and Henry fell to me in the first two rounds, and it's a three-wide receiver league, I knew I was going to be chasing wide receivers. So, again, I, I feel like at running back, I'm really strong. And so the idea is, is, again, you don't need to leave your draft with a perfect team. You do not le- need to leave your draft with a team that does not move. What you need is, is you need enough pieces, basically. And so what I chose to do is that instead of keep constantly chasing, like, you know, lesser wide receivers, like, and, and you know, chasing bad ADP just to try to like get a wide receiver. I just tried to kept fortifying my team. So I feel really good about my quarterback at Josh Allen. I feel really good about my tight end at Darren Waller. Um, and then in terms of some of my other bench guys, like so Brian Robinson, here's some of my, my other running backs, right? Brian Robinson, Samaj P. Ryan, and I got Leonard Fournette. We'll see if Leonard Fournette signs somewhere. I think he will have value at some point this year. I think Brian Robinson Brian Robinson, this is a guy who in nine of his final 11 games had 15 or more touches, 20 touches in four of his final five games. We've started to see him used in the passing game of the preseason. We think the commander's offense will be better as well. I think there's a chance Brian Robinson is a very viable starting running back. Samaji P. Ryan, we've heard news that Javante Williams is going to be on a pitch count at least to start the season. Samaji P. Ryan likely the lead running back in Denver. We know that Sean Payton likes to use multiple running backs. So here's what I've done with those positions. And then I drafted Anthony Richardson at, at, at the 10-8. One of the reasons I drafted Anthony Richardson at the 10-8 is because, and you're like, why'd you draft Anthony Richardson? You have Josh Allen. Well, here's why. Because if Anthony Richardson is what we think he can be, then I can trade Josh Allen to fortify my wide receiver room, right? If Brian Robinson or Samaj P. Ryan emerged or Leonard Fournette signs, I'm making it up, but Jonathan Taylor gets traded and Leonard Fournette gets signed with the Colts, all of a sudden he's the starting running back. Then I can trade one of my other running backs to fortify my wide receiver room. The idea is yep. to give yourself, instead of just chasing bad wide receivers, um, what I did is I tried to build myself, give myself some building blocks so that I can maneuver and, um, and fix that spot. And in terms of my wide receivers, you know, just I have a, a combination of high upside guys like, the Ga- like Gabe Davis. You know, I got Christian Kirk, whatever, you know, 23% target share. We know Ridley's going to be there, but still we expect that to be a high-octane offense. You talked up Rashid, Rashid Shaheed yeah. during our sleepers and bus segment. Grabbed him. Tank Dell. You guys make fun of me. Tank Dell is going to be a thing. Okay. Tank Dell is going to be a thing in Houston. Maybe not initially, but early. And then, and then I grabbed Adam Thielen, who no one likes Adam Thielen, but four for forty-eight in a touchdown in the last preseason game. Like he's going to get a lot of targets. This is a guy who's had over hundred targets through the last three years uh, as well. Uh, he, you know. He was seventh in uh, red zone targets last year. He was top seven in red zone targets. Caught the touchdown from CJ, uh, some Bryce Young, sorry, uh, over the weekend. I think he probably leads that team in targets. And, and so, again, no one likes Adam Thielen. Like, he's kind of – Bryce Young might. Yeah, that's he point. The trusty veteran. Wide receiver. Right. And so, I'm just saying, like, I just took some shots at wide receivers. 
I sound like I'm trying to talk myself into my wide yeah, receivers. Yeah, you do. Because it's all I good. Am. I was going to say, all good because you do. I'm you owning do. it. I'm, <laughs> yeah. But I'm owning it. But my point is, is like I, 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 and I think this is important. When you find yourself in a draft as opposed to chasing a position, then what you do is you, okay, I'm blowing that off a little bit. I'm going to take some high upside flyers or some undervalued players later. But ultimately, I'm going to give myself some trade pieces at other positions that allow me to fortify that wide receiver room. Because I think I have really strong running back depth. I have if Quint, if Anthony Richardson becomes a thing, then I obviously can trade Josh Allen, like Josh Allen. So that was the idea behind my team. So again, I think given uh, given the fact that I started this draft without realizing it was three wide receivers, I think I did pretty well, honestly. What place is this team getting in the league? Oh, this team. I will tell you exactly what's going to happen. So you going to trade? This, yeah. So this team, this team, this team wins this league, and I'll tell you how. Oh, I'll tell you how. This team gets into the playoffs like it sneaks in, like you know, uh, on a points uh, tiebreaker, and gets in. Yeah. And Seven then, Giants. and then what I will do is, is that I will trade like probably like producer Chris, maybe or Pete, producer Pete, you know, maybe like Denny. Like I'll trade, I'll trade with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing exactly, <laughs> and I will. You know, that's what I'll do is I'll be able to rip somebody off in the league and just fortify my team. I'll play the waiver wire, waiver wire like a fill, like I always do, master the waiver wire. Yeah, and then I, I cruise, you know, at the end of the year. Listen, the nine, is, the nine is burnt. Pick three in the draft on Trey Lance, and they're still in the Super Bowl mix. So you hey, never no, know. I'm just Matthew. saying. You I'm, never just, I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, right, like, we saw some of these draft picks. I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys in the league that you can kind of easy pickings, right? We agree with there. Yeah. No question. Lawrence, let's take a look at your team. <laughs> Obviously, you have the Mahomes-Kelsey connection, which is going to be dynamite. But how about the rest of your roster yeah, here? Yes, I love starting off with that stack. Who wouldn't? I get uh, Jalen Waddle last year's wide receiver 12 on a points-per-game basis in the second round. Love that. Now, my running back room isn't elite, elite, but they're definitely in that next tier with Aaron Jones who was RB12 last season, and Cam Akers, who was a top five running back the last seven weeks. Now, it gets dicey for me at receiver. I got a a bunch of good players here, Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks, and Odell Beckham. I'm just looking for one of those guys. Good players three years ago. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, if you could put this team in a time machine, Lawrence. Michael Pittman, 141 targets last year, right? True. I think he beats that this season. Wow. He, he might beats be right. that this season. My favorite pick of this draft, though, is getting Khalil Herbert in the ninth round. He is the Bears' lead back, albeit we don't expect him to get a full workload. But there's times where on this roster, he'll be in my lineup in, in a flex spot. Then we go, go a little lower. I take Nico Collins, who right now should be the, uh, the wide receiver one for the Texans. But – He's got to do it this season because he's got a Tank Dell coming behind him. He's got John Mechie. Like, these young guns is like mm-hmm. they, they ready to do something. Then I picked Daniel Jones as my second quarterback, and for a little different reason than you, Matthew, injuries happen. We right. never know. I got Patrick Mahomes. He got through the Super Bowl on an ankle injury that he probably wouldn't have been playing in the regular season is. So if I could have a guy like Daniel Jones <clears> – <throat> to come in like that'll be solid for me till he gets back take Cole Komet as my tight end too then the best player in the world Donovan Peoples Jones the Browns second leading receiver from last season secondly it was Amari Cooper then Donovan Peoples Jones very much the Udonis Haslam uh, right. Ross the Did you well, see that deep ball yeah. Deshaun Watson hit him with no, the other listen, day? 
listen, beautiful. The fact that beautiful. the fact is is that it it does seem like from the preseason it is very much going to be Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones and Elijah Moore when they go three wide yeah. in terms of the wide receiver. Those are going to be the three guys. Cedric Tillman's further behind, by the way. And just worth noting, uh, because of your deep and undying love of Donovan Peoples-Jones, <laughs> Lawrence, we just want to point out that today at the happy hour, Donovan Peoples-Jones yes, yes. drinks free. Yes, DPJ, sir. come on by. Yes, sir. Free drinks for DPJ. <laughs> Jay, let's look at your roster here. Where we know you went running back early with both Chubb and Ramondre Stevenson, but I think you found plenty of value at the wide receiver spot after that. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys just went around, half round, a little bit too late. Like Najee Harris is effectively my sixth round pick in the flex. And I just think that this team is, is relatively deep. It's very happy to get Jalen Warren at the end of the ninth round as well. So if there is any funny business with Najee Harris, then we're going to have the Steelers running back that matters. And some flyers late. Rashad Bateman, who we've talked about, has mm-hmm. the chance to emerge as the number one wide receiver on potentially a top three offense. Yep. And then tight end was probably my weak spot in the draft. So I just took different shots. Evan Ingram's right. there. Dalton Schultz used the end of the 13th round pick on Chiga Conquo. So I think one of those guys will pop enough. And then if there is a problem with Joe Burrow's calf, then I got Jared Goff in the 14th round, who I think is a very viable starter. So I think just a, a very solid team, Matthew. I would agree with you. It's super annoying. But I, I think top to bottom, it is a very solid team. It is, it is a, it's a B minus is what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a very solid. It's an A minus. It's an A minus. We both know it's, it. Yeah, it was a solid, <laughs> solid B. Getting Warren to back up Najee Harris. I, I think you have an underrated uh, wide receiver room in terms of Lamb, Hollywood Brown, Cortland Sutton. And then you've got, yeah, as you mentioned, Bateman, and we'll see if Jamison Williams. You've got Jamison Williams and Jared Goff. You potentially have a late-season yep. uh, stack there, which I like. By the time 12th round came around, I was taking Jamison Williams. I knew I was a playoff team, so I started just fortifying yeah, all sure. that playoff there run. You, yeah, you could afford to wait yep. through the six-game suspension. Exactly. All right, I did a little bit of that as well as we close out with my team by taking Alvin Kamara, who we know is dealing with the suspension. But having Jamal Williams on the bench, that's an easy play there in that flex spot for him or Juju Smith-Schuster. Listen, Lamar Jackson, he could be QB1 this year. He has to stay healthy. But, Lawrence, like you said, if he doesn't, I have Aaron Rodgers on the bench. I have no problem taking a backup quarterback as long as the value is right, especially in a league where I think we knew each other well. The waivers are not going to be pretty at the quarterback position. Sorry, Pete. It's tough luck. Running back, definitely some risk here. I mean, obviously a rookie in B. John Robinson, but under Arthur Smith, the volume is going to be insane, both on the ground and in the pass game. And I think he gets in the end zone plenty where taking him that early in half PPR, I'm comfortable with it you got to be patient with Brees because he's not going to get that full workload in September. But in October or November, you could have one of the most valuable running backs in fantasy football. But you need to hold the fort while he's not ready. And that kind of brings me to getting Raheem Mostert as late as I did, who is the RB1, in my opinion, for Miami's offense. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no, that's a a nice pick. I don't love Juju Smith-Schuster as your fourth (laughs) wide receiver. Take that, Um, um, (laughs) Connor. Well, you've got JSN, who might miss a month, as your third wide receiver. So then you're like, all right, well, who's your fourth wide receiver? Well, it's... Juju Smith-Schuster, who's struggled with injuries himself, and we just don't know what the, what he's going to look like in what we expect to be a run-heavy offense in New England. Juju is one of those guys that's like, he'll have three good games this year. Just will you know when those will come? And then uh, I think your final – who's your final wide receiver? Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins, one of eight billion New York Giants. What a starter. Receiver. At the moment, we'll see if Jalen Hyatt uh, gets past him or not. I mean, I think I have the starting wide receiver that you want on the Giants and Darren Waller. I mean, like, the, like I sure. think that passing, passing offense goes through Waller. So I do think your wide receiver depth is a little suspect, uh, but I agree with you. I like your – I think your – look, Lamar's going to be awesome. Kittle's fine. Uh, and then you – you know, your, uh, your running backs are good. 
Yeah. I'm just disappointed that you only took four combined Jets and rookies. I had that number set at five flat, right. um, so you've gone <laughs> under there. Yeah. But, uh, and now your market's well. Jim. Yeah, exactly. All right. We are going to take our last break. When we do, it is time for last call. We have a draft on Thursday, and we need to figure out how we're going to set the order. A real draft. Another one? Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, back into the Fantasy Football Happy Hour set. Now, joined, we finally got rid of Jay and Connor. I've been trying forever. <laughs> finally got in some actual knowledgeable people in here. So, Pat Doherty, at RotoPat. Denny Carter at CD Carter 13, and of course Kyle Zavorchek at Kyle tweets here. Have you thought about changing your name to at Kyle X's here? No, no, <laughs> no. look, I can't. We're gonna ride the Twitter moniker out for the end of times, hopefully. Fair enough. So all three, of course, uh, along with Lawrence, host the Roto World Football Show, which airs three times a week. During the football season, it's a terrific podcast. Be sure to check that out as well. Um, and you guys are obviously been part of our mock drafts. Really appreciate it. Have you guys in studio? We're doing the Fantasy Football Summit here, the NBC Sports Fantasy Summit. So it's a great treat to have these guys on the set. Let's break down your teams here. And, Pat, let's start with your team right here. Uh, I thought this was interesting. So we did this mock draft before the news came out that Josh Jacobs had signed his, his one-year deal with the Raiders and is back in camp. Jonathan Taylor, as of the draft and as of this taping, still his situation is resolved. And you, those were the guys that you picked at the 2-3 turn at the end of the second round and top of the third. Talk to me about how you approach those two running backs specifically. So yeah, we're hoping by the time you watch this, Jonathan Taylor's on a different team. Uh, maybe preferably the Miami Dolphins. But only time all summer I had the 1-1. Excited to get Justin Jefferson, the best player in fantasy football. Sure. But I know then, you know, coming back all the way to the 23-24, I'm going to have trouble getting impact players unless I'm willing to take a risk. So I take two guys with warts, two guys with question marks, a guy who led the league in yards from scrimmage last year, a guy who was the 1-1 last year. Those are some gambles I'm willing to take on the 2-3 turn. So, a bit of a risk, but we think the Josh Jacobs one's been taken care of. We hope the Jonathan Taylor one's been taken care of next. You bought the dip. You bought the dip. (laughs) You absolutely bought the dip. They could pay off in a huge way for you. And I love, by the way, the rest of your wide receiver room as we look through your team. Two at quarterback. Jacobs and Taylor, your starting running backs. You mentioned Jefferson at the wide receiver one. But then you've got Tyler Lockett and Deontay Johnson as your wide receivers two and three. 
two guys, Pat, that I think are going way undervalued this year. No, it's the same principle with Jacobs and Taylor. It's hard when you're on the. It's great to have the first pick, but it makes it hard to accrue impact harder. And so I took guys kind of with question marks again. Or Tyler Lockett, we don't know how long JSN is going to be out, but I view Tyler Lockett as like you know the undead zombie of fantasy <laughs> yeah. football. He's the wide receiver say. 22 every year, no matter what. And Deontay Johnson. Yeah, the guy's got to score some touchdowns, right? I mean, hopefully it's not challenge accepted from him on, uh, like, another one-touchdown season, but he is bound for some positive He is too talented. I think Pickett next next step, and he's getting too much target for something fluky like that to happen. He is, like, he's the poster boy for uh, positive regression. Uh, And to the point about Scott Barrett, like, uh, I'm sorry, the, the point about Tyler Lockett, my friend Scott Barrett put out a great tweet uh, just talking about how showing how like literally every single year Tyler Lockett beats his ADP. It doesn't matter where he gets drafted. It's always – but anyway, so shout out to Scott Barrett. And, um, and then just – Njoku was your tight end. You have Dobbins in the flex. And then talk to me – pick one guy from your bench that you're really excited about. You've got uh, Jerry Judy, Zeke. Rasheed Wright, Rashawn Johnson, Jalen Hyatt, a bunch of uh, rookies there, and Greg Dolchitz at the 14-12 spot. Couldn't help but notice J.K. Dobbins was on your hate list. Uh, you know, it made me feel <laughs> yes. great. Like, but you know, at least he's my RB3. He's like just trying to bank some carries. Very excited about Rasheed Rice. Even though, you know, I'm excited about a player who could be like, the, what, the number four receiver to begin the year. But just trying to get in on that Patrick Mahomes action, and it's such a good price. Yeah. One of my very final picks. And just trying to attach myself to that Chiefs Death Star. And, you know, just because the second-round receiver failed for the Chiefs last year doesn't mean it's going to happen again this year. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's like a late investment, and Patrick Mahomes was that. If you're taking a late flyer, why not take a guy that could be catching passes from Patrick Mahomes? I get it. Let's move over to Denny and your team right here as well. Appreciate you not wearing a cardigan. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was going to happen. You did not. Say, Matthew, you, you need to mention me being a St. Louis City SC brand ambassador, by the way. Yeah, uh, you look good. You look good. Uh, that wasn't was so convincing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you got you got to work it in. You got to you got to really shill the way I do. All right, uh, Denny. Uh, same thing. So this is interesting to me. You went zero RB as you, you. So you start with Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. James Conner and Rashad White are um, your two running backs. So you waited a while on running backs. You got Conner in the sixth. You got Rashad White in the eighth. Um, but normally, when most people go zero RB. They usually have elite talent at the tight end or, and or quarterback position. Your tight end was Dalton Kincaid. So, in essence, what you did was you decided to stack your wide receivers. You you have you get, went Diggs, Olave, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins is your fourth wide receiver in the flex. You've also got Zay Flowers, Romeo Dobbs as well. Uh, talk to me about sort of your approach to this draft and what you were seeing here. Was that a thought? Is that is that something you went in trying to do, or is that just how the draft played out for you? Believe it or not, this is what I was trying to do. And <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice. Take yeah. us through this. And uh, I, So, I'm, you know, in this kind of format, especially when I can start up to four receivers, I'm trying to win the flex. And I feel like being able to put Hopkins or, or, or Keenan Allen into that flex spot is a much better flex option than most teams will have. Uh, now, this hinges really on Connor and White, A, staying healthy, and B, kind of being... Uh, you know, cheat codes in PPR or, or have PPR or whatever the format may be where, you know, they're getting a lot of check downs from their quarterbacks who are likely going to face a lot of negative game scripts, have to throw a lot. That's that's the hope here. And then, you know, on the bench, I have some running backs who may fall into volume depending on how injuries go this season. Yeah, Tyler Algier, Tajay Spears backing up Derrick Henry, of course, Algier in Atlanta, and Deuce Vaughn, one of the people that might be backing right. up uh, Tony Pollard there as well. No, I think it's a really interesting approach, and I, I'm glad you brought up Connor and Rashad White because I think I think if ever there was a year to sort of go zero RB or modified zero RB, it is because there are guys 
like those two, like Cam Akers, yeah. um, like da- well, Damian Pierce is starting to uh, creep up draft boards. But there's a number of guys where I think you can get massive volume yes. late that people aren't paying attention to. Brian Robinson is another guy yes. that could flirt with that. Isaiah Pacheco is another guy that can is going to probably get, potentially get like 17 touches a game. James Cook. James is Cook a, is, is another guy. guy. I, right. You're making a great point. In like the RB 24 to 32 range this year, there's way more touches than there usually yes. are in that yeah, range. Yeah, people are going crazy with their wide receivers this year. It makes some sense. Like passing is up. The league looks like it's got a lot of elite quarterbacks. But in turn, that means that you can get a lot of touches in what used to be these guys were like, fourth, third, fifth round picks, and now you can just throw Rashad White as your RB2, and yeah. where that not did not used to be the case. Eighth round. Yeah, listen, it's not pretty, but again, volume is king in fantasy football, and we expect these guys to get volume. All right, Kyle, now let's go to your team right here. You did a similar uh, build as Denny. So your quarterback is Deshaun Watson. You got him at 10-2. But, you know, basically you kind of waited on, on running backs. You're starting running backs. Kenneth Walker you got in the sixth, Miles Sanders in the seventh, because your strength of your team is your wide receivers. A.J. Brown was your first-round pick. My ride or die, Amon Ross St. Brown. DK Metcalf is the third wide receiver. Again, a strong flex in Debo Samuel. You have Godwin as well on the bench. Javante Williams, Kadarius Tony, Rashad Penny, Damian Harris, and then Luke Musgrave, one of my favorite late-round flyers, uh, rounds it out. Gerald Everett is your starting tight end. So let's talk about your team here. To me, what's interesting is that uh, you had a similar build to Denny. So my first question to you is, same thing. Is this something you attempted to do, or is this just how the draft fell to you, uh, picking from the uh, you picked from the eleven spot? Yeah, I think it's a strong strategy, but I definitely go into the draft being adaptable. Had like stronger running backs fallen to me, there's no reason for me not to take them. But I love the idea of getting Debo Samuel, or when I have guys on by Chris Godwin in the flex. Like, I'm, I'm the strategy is at least that I'm trying to beat everyone at the flex spot while losing very little in terms of running back. And when you can plug in Ken Walker as your RB one, like. I don't think I'm losing that much ground as much as I am making up, except for maybe a team like Denny's, who's built similar to mine, could actually go toe-to-toe with me in the flex. Well, it's interesting, right? So you, let's talk about your running back room. So you have, you have it's a fragile, it's a, I feel like it's a fragile zero RB build because Kenneth Walker, Miles Sanders, and then you've got Javante Williams, Rashad Penny, Damian Harris. So we'll talk about Harris in a second, but the rest are like, Talented guys, but all with injury histories. Yep, there were definitely bets on talent. I think Denny's is a much tighter distribution of, I just don't see how Rashad White doesn't get the touches. I could see Zach Charbonnet stealing a lot of work from Ken Walker, but when we're so confident that he's talented, and from what we saw as as a rookie, I'm pretty sure this dude is talented, I'm willing to stretch a little bit to bet on talent, even if there's a little more risk with him. Last question for me. You, um, I was a little surprised because your only quarterback is Deshaun Watson. So we talked about earlier in the show, 18 quarterbacks get drafted in this 12-team league. Some of them just to screw over Pete. But, um, <laughs> you know, because, you know, Pete. Uh, but part of it also is I think there's concern about, you know, injuries. And, and it's a deep league with a lot of people that obviously all know what they're doing. Any concern with you about Watson? Because to me, he's one of the highest variance quarterbacks out there, especially where he's going. Yeah, there are concerns, but with how late I got him, that's the price I'm willing to get on the concerns. He's a guy who has the ability to lead the league in passing, could lead the league in passing touchdowns. We've seen that ceiling from him before. Is there a little bit risk? Sure, but I'm okay saying I'm going to take on that risk for the ceiling, and if it doesn't pan out, I can still hit the waiver wire and have a shot. I'm not going to compete with the other teams at quarterback, 
but I'm beating them in the flex. I'm competing with them at running back, so I'm taking the risk. But that was the question. Did you, did you ever have a thought of, like, let me go grab a second quarterback, or you're just going gonna to ride with Watson, and if it doesn't work out, you'll see what's out there on the waiver wire? Yeah, I'm just going to hit the waiver wire, especially with how my team is built, like, kind of fragile at running back. High risk, high reward. I need those roster spots to keep taking shots at running back. Yeah, even with Tua, I was like, you know, I've got a guy with a really concerning injury history. Second quarterbacks were starting to go. I was like, man, do I need to protect myself against another Tua concussion? But always someone on the waiver wire. And quarterbacks, even when 18 are drafted, those are some of the first people thrown back to the waiver yeah, wire. And what's the second the, the bye week start? And the 19th who didn't get drafted? Yeah, yeah. The second yeah. the bye week start, people are throwing back their QB2s. Mm-hmm. So. Fair enough. So let's take one more look once again at – what the, the latest each player was, each position was drafted, I should say. So you see, we're making fun of producer Pete. He gets uh, Russell Wilson as his QB1 from the 1410 spot. Uh, Steven is the last to take a running back. He gets Dalvin Cook at the 6'9. I'm the last person to get a wide receiver. I take Terry McLaurin at 4'8. And then Kyle, you were actually the last one to grab a tight end in Gerald Everett. One question for you, because we, we just looked at your uh, uh, team, Kyle, but. Again, is that a was that a I'm just waiting on tight end or um, just sort of how it how it fell to you? You just didn't see the value until Everett came around in the 13th. Yeah, it's more of how it falls. I actually do think the elite tight ends are really strong this year. My team just didn't get a chance to take one where I wanted to take one. And once the elites are gone, I really don't care to pay up for the tight end 11 versus the, the tight end 15. I don't think the difference between those guys is strong enough that I need to dip in. Whereas if I can get an elite one, I still want to be doing that. The draft just didn't give it to me. Yeah, and by the way, you did take Luke Musgrave with your last pick again. Absolutely love him. He is dominant in preseason. Yeah. I think he's going to be a thing this year. Let's look at Pete's team. What happens <laughs> when you wait until the 14th round to take a quarterback here? So he does have Wilson. So his running backs are McCaffrey and Pierce. Wide receivers, Devontae Smith, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison. Andrews is his tight end. At running back, Pacheco. Then he's got on the bench. He's got Traylon Burks. Antonio Gibson, Tank Bigsby, Marvin Mims, Kendry Miller, and Jonathan Mingo. I and Pete annoys the hell out of me. I got to admit, I think this is a pretty good team. It is. I, I'm into this team. I, I love this uh, the Addison, Watson, Smith, wide yeah. receiver trio. I mean, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, I think I was actually really close to getting in here. I think I think I threw my phone across the room when right. he was drafted because I really wanted Mark Andrews. I think he has that ceiling outcome. Uh, definitely. He went at the 3-2 spot. Yeah, I was surprised he lasted all the way I was too. to the third. Yeah. I was too. So I, 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 really, I think his team is solid. I will say to Pete, if you wait until the 14th round to take your quarterback, I would usually hope for my third receiver to have actually played in the NFL before. No, no. I like this. I even like the, the stacking up the four rookies with the final four picks. Like, those are strong breakout candidates, and I don't think you need them to be playing for you in week one. I, I'm confident in Jordan, Jordan Addison. So that's, that's, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, I think if you're if you're Pete, what you're sitting here is so he got Addison at the seven two, he got Traylon Burks at eight yeah. eleven, he got Marvin Mims at eleven two, and Jonathan Mingo at thirteen two. I guess basically what you're saying is, just, listen, I need one of those guys to pop. Yep, that's all I need. I'm taking. I got four lottery tickets, and I need one of those guys to pop. Burks obviously flashed last year. He's a little bit banged up, so he, he bought that. But like again, with McCaffrey, Pierce, Pacheco, and Antonio Gibson, that's a really strong wide uh, running back core plus. Tank Bigsby and Kendry Miller, some guys that could uh, pop later in the season uh, as well. And to your point, like, if Russell Wilson is – doesn't even have to be Russell Wilson of two years ago. He just has to be reasonably competent, right? And he's got the stack with Mims maybe. So, um, yeah, I think actually this is pretty good. But you're right. There is some fragility with the wide receiver. It's going to be a while before he gets production 
from that group. All right, let's move on now to Steven. He was the last one to take a running back. Let's take a look at his team here. So he gets Jalen Hurts at the 2-9. I still thought that was a little bit early. Dalvin Cook at the 6-9 and A.J. Dillon at the 8-9. The rest of his running back room, well, he's got Devon A. Chain at the 11-4, Deontay Foreman at the 14-9. Hoofa. So, okay, so, but he has to crush everywhere else, and I think he probably did. Cooper Cup at the 1-4, Calvin Ridley at the 3-4, Brandon Ayuk at the 5-4, really strong wide receiver room, Jahan Dotson at the flex at the 7-4, Quentin Johnson at the 9-4, and then K.J. Osborne at the 13-4. So really strong wide receivers. Guys, Hawkinson is his tight end at 4-9, but, you know, that's that's an interesting wide running back group. He needs the Green Bay Packers to never, ever pass in the red zone because if A.J. Dillon is not scoring 8-10 to touchdowns for him, he has, like, no running back touches whatsoever on so, the bench. I right love – Steven's my boy, okay? <laughs> and and, and it, this is with all due respect. But you got to – when you're building this sort of roster, you have to turn that Osborne and that Cousins pick into running backs, into late-round running backs. I totally agree with this. And, and I think, Denny, you and I both went running back in this round right. for the first time, too. He just went a few picks later. And I think we beat him to the punch on getting the breakout yes. running back by, like, five picks. But he also has A-chain. He did take Devon A-chain there. And he's hurt. But <laughs> Right. No, and, but, I mean, like, yeah. Hopefully like, behind Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, hopefully he gets – it was interesting there with a, with, a, with a couple of his picks. But maybe the thought process is because his running back room is so strong is that he did what I did. Now let's take a look at my team because right. uh, I also waited on wide receiver. I had a weird wide receiver, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eckler and Henry built to me, uh, dropped to me. I didn't expect Henry to be there at the 2-8. Right. So you got so trapped you, into taking him. He right. fell so far. Yeah, so anyway, you guys can uh, – we've already talked about my team at the top, but you guys feel free. If you like the team, if you hate the team – by all means, go through so, it. Pat, I, your thoughts. My Start only there. complaint is that you have a receiver in Adam Thielen who would be the oldest person at this table. By far. <laughs> that, that is my only complaint. Come on. It's fair. I think you underestimate exactly how freaking old I am. But, uh, but I appreciate and that. And I was also very upset when you took Tank Dell, by the way. I, this is the first league, I believe, where I have not landed Tank Dell. I, Jay Croucher does not. I, you and I are on the same page here. Tank Dell's going to be a thing. He's going to be a thing. Sure, he might not be the first few weeks of the season. No. He might be like the wide receiver four, but. There's too many things working his favor for him not to be. Can I ask you, Matthew, what's the plan with Anthony Richardson on your bench? Are you, are you going to wait till he blows up and then maybe trade him? So, that sort of thing? Yeah, this is my thought. I talked about this top of the show. But just in essence, basically, once I got Eckler and Henry and I'm just like, okay, I'm clearly going to be weak at wide receiver in a three wide receiver league. I decided let me just try to, you know, crush at some of the other positions. So I grabbed Josh Allen. I usually wait a little bit longer yeah. on, uh, on, on quarterback. I think Darren Waller is in the mix for being a top two fantasy tight end. Obviously, he needs to stay healthy, but I think he's going to have a huge year. And so my thought is with Anthony Richardson is that if Anthony Richardson becomes a thing, then I could trade Josh Allen. Like, I'm a big believer, and if you're getting out, if you're getting taken out of a run, uh, instead of just drafting somebody to have somebody in that position, build up strength at somewhere else and give give yourself depth to trade elsewhere. You can always trade a Josh Allen. Like, again, like I have Brian Robinson and Samaj P. Ryan, as some of my running backs, Leonard Fournette, I'm hoping I'm hoping uh, Jonathan Taylor gets traded to Miami and then <laughs> yeah, Leonard Fournette gets exactly. signed by the Colts. It's right? all interconnected. So, right, but and if that happens, then I could trade Derrick Henry. If I ha- if, if Robinson pops in the way that we think he might be able to, Javante Williams is going to be on a pitch count. So that's the idea was, because my wide receiver room is obviously very weak. I think I probably have the weakest wide receivers in the league. 
So that was the idea is try to build up strength elsewhere to give myself some options it, trading into the season. It can be hard to trade quarterbacks. It's not hard to trade quarterbacks to score rushing touchdowns. So you approach that. the You have two quarterbacks who are going to have actual trade value, which is not easy to do. Any your thoughts, Kyle? I think if you have Eckler, you have Henry, and you got Brian Robbins, who I love. Like he's a guy yeah. who we talked about. Like you can actually lock up touches for not premium prices these days with the way people are drafting receivers. Eh, don't worry about Leonard Fournette. Don't worry about P. Ryan. Throw more bullets at receiver. <laughs> but I like the way you approach running back to start. Like the draft gave it to you, Henry. Like deep second round, you got to take that. Hard to argue. That's nuts. I, I would say that uh, Gabe Davis going in the seventh is I wild to me because. <laughs> He, he was going in the third. I think in, in this draft last year, I took him in yeah. the third, and I was happy about it. It was horrible, right. but I was happy. <laughs> and and uh, so nothing has changed for him. He's still the number two in Buffalo in a pass-heavy offense. He's probably healthier than he was last year. So getting him in the seventh is a steal, I think. Uh, and obviously I have Josh Allen, so I, make, I, yes, I create the stack, the stack there like the as stack. well, which yes. is helpful. Yeah, I mean, again, like sort of like trying to take – Take shots there. All right. Well, listen, it has been a jam-packed show. Thank you to Jay and Connor. But most importantly, thank you at RotoPat, at CD Carter 13 at Kyle <laughs> Tweets here. We'll see if it ever changes to at Kyle here. <laughs> Go check out the Roto-World Football Show. So if you're looking for a creative way to set your draft order, the Orioles have found it. Their manager, Brandon Hyde, took, bra- uh, took batting practice surrounded by his players. And this from Andy Koska. Uh, it appears was determined fantasy football draft order. The farther Brandon Hyde hit the ball, the higher the draft pick. For example, Adley Rushman and Ryan Klemek are team two and have a high pick because Hyde hit it far, although not out of the yard. So, yeah, they wrote all the players' names on baseballs, and then the guy does batting practice, and however far the ball goes is where you end up drafting. Every Major League Baseball team has a fantasy football league in their clubhouse. So I've heard from a lot of Major League players over the years. A number of them follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. Um, that's about as creative a uh, draft order yeah. sequence that I've seen. Yep. So for our draft, Connor, I know you're a big Yankees fan, so uh, maybe yeah. get Aaron Judge to just blast our names out of uh, Yankee Stadium and then where they land. Yeah, but it depends if he's actually going to play that day, Jay. Yeah, that's that's true. the big Very question. Well. Yeah. So what are we going to do for our draft order? This is really... Your lane of uh, creativity. I mean, we, I could, like. we could do an NFL blitz tournament. We could do a. We could do a. You know, we've got our little uh, whatever you call it, t- two minute drill you, you thing pick, that we've got you there. Pick twelve. Listen, I've seen you throw, you Australian. Well, they hit the baseball. Just throw the football. Whoever throw the football the farthest, there you go. Get out there. Says leave it on college player Lawrence Jackson Jr. I wasn't a quarterback though. Not a quarterback. That's factually correct. Um, should be some athletic feat, like run the 40 or something, which yeah. having run against no, Lawrence yeah, on the field. Definitely, 40-yard dashes. There we maybe, go. Maybe we, maybe we should see who, uh, who we, we can get a picture with, who's the most famous person we can get a picture with on then Instagram. I, then, oh. I be, <laughs> then I would be drafting <laughs> Justin Jefferson in. Yeah, just saying. Number one pick, baby. Lawrence's Instagram is filled with surprises. Um, there are a lot of different ways to do yeah. Some sort of – I was in a league once where we all had to take the wonder lick. Uh-huh. Which was, you know, and who got the best score on the Wonderlick? Where'd you land? Uh, middle of the pack. <laughs> Wonderlick's hard, man. The Wonderlick is hard. I could imagine. I, I was like middle of the pack um, in terms of the draft order for that. That's, that was a pretty good one, too. But you know what? Like, tweet at us, X at us, whatever, at Matthew Berry TMR, at Lord Don't Lose, at Connor J. Rogers, at Croucher JD. Tweet at us uh, using, you know, FF Happy Hour draft order. Or just, you know, hashtag draft order. Tweet at us. Give us some suggestions. We'll pick one, and we'll do that. 
because uh, we got our big show draft, the one that actually matters, the one that I will crush like a grape. <laughs> Even though I've given all my secrets, all my sleepers to these animals here, I will still manage <laughs> to do it. Uh, be awesome. Yeah, you'll, you'll read the rules for that I one. I will read the so. rules for that one. If we use your suggestion, of course, we will roll it in on the show, and we'll keep everybody updated how yeah. it goes. That's it for us. We'll be back tomorrow, as always, 12 p.m. Eastern, live on Peacock. For Connor Rogers, Matthew Berry, Lawrence Jackson, Jay Croucher. See you tomorrow. It's closing time. Go home. Peace out. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.